Taylor. Come on. I left the city, I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Monk, can you believe it's been 40 episodes already? You know, I mean, this isn't my normal introduction here, but it's 40 already. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I mean, I like celebrating this 40 more so than the fact that I'm going to turn 40 next month. You know, this is a much more exciting 40 for me. You know, it's a little bit more gratifying. The other one signifies... Maybe I'm not over the hill, though. I mean, if Tom Brady's doing it at 42, 43 years old, maybe I'm, I'm just hitting my prime, Monk. Yeah, uh, setting my bar high. Exactly. So excited. I mean, we're talking about Tom Brady, but we're talking about quarterbacks today. You know, the NFL got shook up quite a bit here with some trades, and we're going to jump into that, what that means for the quarterbacks that are involved, what that means for some of these guys that are going to jump into those situations, and what it means for your overall, like, super flex rankings. I mean, where these guys fall in. It's always good to know once you get into a dynasty rookie draft, you know, what kind of quarterbacks are equivalent value and who are the guys that we should be moving into those tiers. Before we get into that, you know, I kind of uh, already introduced Monk because I got excited that number 40, you know, anything that ends in a zero there, it's a, it's a bit of a milestone. But Monk, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, a ton of stuff is going to be dropping over at Fantrax. So we talked last week a little bit about Deshaun Watson. So you guys can check out my article, my full thoughts on that whole situation. And then I just came out with a piece about some players that I would consider selling in Dynasty before the NFL draft. But, of course, we're all excited about the rookies. So uh, waiting on a few more pro days, and then I'll have my rookie rankings out, uh, super flex and one quarterback, and just a ton going on. You guys can always hit me up on Twitter, though, at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Yeah, guys, check that out. What I love about especially your sales is you didn't choose the easy ones, right? You picked some guys that that – some of the guys in the industry and, and and a lot of our dynasty owners absolutely love like T Higgins, you know, you were kind of hitting on some of those guys where it's like, Hey, let's, let's, let's start thinking outside the box here. Just because you love a player doesn't mean he's not also a sell. I mean, and we talk about it on here all the time. Everybody's a buy and everybody's a sell based off of, you know, the price and, and what your league looks like. And jumping back in here, we have my brother, Mark, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's good to be back on here. Uh, took a little bit of hiatus, I guess, and now I'm back. So it's it's good to be back. Yeah, I see that the Niners jersey on here. So we wanted to talk to you, especially because this this trade. I mean, this has to have you absolutely hyped as a Niners fan who hasn't seen a quarterback. You know, I used to be a Niners fan when we had Montana and Young growing up. You never really seen a 49ers quarterback. No. No, so I, I mean. They move up, you know, they move up to number three. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what, you know, what that means to you as a 49ers fan and then what you saw from the actual, like, parameters of the trade? Well, I honestly think that last year was, was was a really fluky year with injuries and all that stuff. So with Jimmy Garoppolo, I still think they could be Super Bowl contenders. But if they add a Fields who seems like he's, he's ready, they're – man, I can think they could be favorites for two to three years even with the Chiefs team that they have. Yeah, and as far mm -hmm. as as far as the actual trade that went down, why don't you talk oh, yeah. to us about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the Niners got the sixth pick, and then they gave up the 12th, the 20, 22 first, and third, 
and a 23rd first. So two you, firsts and the a third. third. Pick. Yeah, they moved up to get the third pick. and then, Oh, the third pick. Yeah, yeah sorry. And then Miami ends the up getting... Miami yeah, ends up true. getting the sixth, <laughs> and then Philadelphia gets the 12th. So let's talk first here, Monk. I mean, Jalen Hurts, we've been talking about this. You know, at, when they were in that sixth spot, are they going to take a quarterback? Aren't they going to take a quarterback? They almost moved themselves out of a spot here to, to put themselves in a quarterback position. So most of the mocks I'm seeing now have them taking, you know, a cornerback or another positional need, possibly, you know, another weapon for Jalen Hurts. What do you think this does for the Philadelphia situation and Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I think this is definitely good news for Hertz in that there's really no way that I see the Eagles adding a quarterback in this year's draft. So at the very least, he has the 2021 season to prove himself. And then really, this is a win for all the 49ers pass catchers. And then also for Tua, because I think that they're going to grab a premier offensive lineman or a good receiving weapon at that new pick. And uh, good news all around, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as a as an Eagles fan, I think Jalen Hurts, you know, he he had some ups and downs. I mean, that's for sure. But he did showcase some things from a fantasy perspective that make him a pretty exciting player. I mean, the weeks that he played, he was a he was a shock. It was not a shock if he put up 25, 30 points because he adds that running element to his game. You know, he definitely has a lot of maturing to do. He he did turn the ball over quite a bit once defenses picked up what he was doing. But now you get Carson Wentz is out of the situation. So the Eagles are saying, hey, you know, this is your spot. This is your time to shine. And a lot of times guys can thrive out of that situation because they believe as a, a vote of confidence as opposed to Carson Wentz is sitting there, you know, the guy who with the big contract who could be taken over at any point. So Carson Wentz goes to the Colts. Now we got Jalen Hurts there in a situation where, you know, I feel like they're going to try to get him something on the offensive end or even a, a corner to try to solidify that defense a little bit better and, and make it a better overall team. Um, Jalen Hurts, as far as, you know, we were looking at where we have rankings right now. I had him in that 15 range. Mung, where do you have him in your Superflex rankings as far as, you know, this situation? Now that we have the confidence in him that we know he's going to start, right? There was that, we are in, in that startup season and it's like, is he going to start? Isn't he going to start? What are we going to do here? Now we, we are all but guaranteed that he's going to be the starter. Where do you have him ranked? Yeah, so looking right now, I have him, and this is without any of the rookies included in my rankings just yet. Uh, I have him in that QB 15-ish range, so I've got him pretty close to guys like Tua and Carson Wentz, and the reason that I have them all in this tier is because I think the upside is definitely there for all three of these guys, but at the same time, I do think that if any of them falter in 2021, they could find themselves out of a job in 2022. Right. That's a great point. I mean, speaking of great points, so there's a guy on the internet that's been tearing it up, part of the Smash Accept crew. We're going to add Jeremy. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, guys? What? Can you, how's, the, how's the new podcast going? Is there anything you got going on? I'm, I'm glad you could join us. You know, right here in the middle, you've been doing some great things on Twitter I've been seeing. But how's everything going? Uh, it's going pretty good, honestly. Um the podcast is going all right. It's not anything uh, crazy yet. We had a little technical difficulties on Monday. <laughs> uh, but, you know, aside from that, it's pretty good. And uh, as far as Twitter goes, I'm kind of just grinding through all these rookies as best as possible. And, I mean, I'm cutting through the quarterbacks now. So, as we were discussing here to talk about them. So, yeah, it's it kind of works you. out perfectly. Yeah, it's great to have you on to, to talk about that. You know, we're just breaking down the trade here. We talked about – you know, we talked about Philly. Now we're going to talk about 
Miami, you know, we're going to talk about Tua a little bit. I mean, obviously, Tua again had some ups and downs. You know, there was a he, once he took over, Fitzpatrick stopped, you know, took over from time to time. Tua didn't have the most exciting rookie season like a lot of us expected him to. You know, before before the injury, we were talking about him possibly being a guy that was that 101. And then Joe Burrow had the fantastic season. Tua now gets, you know, he we, we get into that sixth spot, and it's going to be his job. You know, we talked about Jalen Hurts is not going to get replaced. Now Tua is not going to get a replaced. And most of the mocks I'm seeing have them taking, you know, whether it's <laughs> whether they're taking Smith or Chase Falls or even, you know, I've seen Kyle Pitts in that region. Miami seems to be wanting to load up. You know, they're, they, they were fantastic. And if you look at how many picks they have over the next couple of years, they're building their dynasty team right. They have the quarterback. They're going to build around him. Mark, what do you think of Tua this year? You know, and and where does he move into your rankings based off of this trade now? Yeah, I I was kind of on the firm believer. Maybe I could be wrong. Let he was he was most likely going to stay. The the Miami was the only team that could really push for Watson, but it seemed kind of far fetched after the Stafford the Stafford trade. But Tua, I actually have Tua as number eleven overall in my quarterback rankings. I think you really just saw a glimpse, maybe like 75% of what Tua can really do. And they're going to add to what they already have, Devontae Parker, uh, Mike Yusecki, Preston Wilson. Like, they got they got a lot of weapons that they can just keep getting better and better. And Tua, I think, can keep getting better and better. So I think sky's the limit for him. I have guys that like Rodgers and Tannehill. I have the him over those two guys. So that kind of shows you how, how high I have him on my rankings. Jeremy, let's kick it over to you. I mean, we haven't talked with you too much about Tua. You know, I know John and I were both big on Tua coming in. We, you know, we were excited when it was Tua time. He didn't really excel like Justin Herbert did or even like Joe Burrow did at times. Um, but there's a lot of people. I mean, where do you see his his ceiling? You know, I know a lot of people feel like felt like he was going to be top notch. Other people feel like he's going to be a glorified Kirk Cousins, you know, a little bit better than that that league average, but still take care of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think Tua has a potential to be a top 12 quarterback. Um, I think last year you saw the injury still being part of the problem. Also, it's just a rookie learning curve. I mean, last year's class kind of just elevated a lot of people's expectations for rookies. And as usual, I mean, a quarterback sometimes takes, look at, for example, Josh Allen. I mean, he came out and he was just, he didn't look good his first year. He didn't look much better his second year but then this past third year he just he blew up and I mean you need to give quarterbacks some time and I think nowadays the NFL necessarily doesn't lend to that but I think Tua coming off that gruesome hip injury and then they just kind of eased him in and I think Brian Flores knew that if he put Fitzpatrick in where he subbed him in every now and then that Fitzpatrick didn't care he was going to throw the ball all over and gave you the best chance to come from behind almost where Tua was being a little bit more protective, wasn't necessarily making throws. He wasn't really open or like used to NFL open, I would say, versus where in Alabama half the time those receivers were so good. I mean, he was throwing to wide open guys. So I think it's just a little bit of a learning curve. I still think it might just take him a little bit longer. I think Justin Herbert came in and kind of gave everybody these expectations and all of a sudden it's like, wow, Joe Burrow is not that good. Tua's not that good. Herbert was the guy you wanted. And it's like, he just was exceptional in comparison. And I think that Tua will still be fine. I just think his ceiling, like you had said, is probably that 10, 12 range, I think. Um, Cause he just doesn't rush as much 
as you would think. So he just kind of will fringe around that. I think more, yeah, like a Tannehill area there, that 10, 12 range is my personal opinion. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that you said. I mean, dynasties become a lot more like, what have you done lately? And we're, we're not looking at it as a big picture. I had bought several shares of, of Ryan Tannehill or not Ryan Tannehill of Tua late here where I've been buying them for late firsts, you know, and a super flex, that's a slam dunk kind of move. I think, uh, I think if you guys can go out there and do that, you know, the window's probably closed as soon as the, the Sean Watson rumor was he's tried possibly going to Miami. Then all of a sudden the two shares became cheap, you know, and everybody was like, well, we're not sure if he goes there, if he's going to have that same opportunity. Now he's going to stay there. Most likely, you know, we had add a weapon or two here to the offense, likely add a running back. I mean, if they add, if they had one of these nice pass catching running backs, they add a Smith or a Waddle or, or a Pitts. I mean, that offense is going to look a lot better. Um, Monk, if they go out and they add Devonta Smith and even give him, you know, or, or Waddle where they're, those are guys that he's comfortable with. I mean, are we seeing two as a possible top 12 quarterback or should we temper expectations a little bit? Well, I think top 12 is definitely in the range of outcomes. My only concern with Tua is the ceiling, right? And you guys are, you guys keep saying top 10, top 12, but when you're paying these kind of prices for a quarterback, ideally you want a higher elite type of ceiling. And I'm not saying that the ability isn't necessarily there, but the way the Dolphins are built right now, they're really building around that defense. And I just don't know that they're really going to want to air it out a whole lot. Um, so obviously adding a guy like Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddell, and even already with Will Fuller there, it's going to help to a no doubt. But at the same time, you know, I have him as my QB, what, 14, 15 in that range. Mm-hmm. And for me, I would rather take a risk on a guy like Fields if he goes to San Francisco on some of these rookies, depending on the landing spot where they might have that elite ceiling. So I have him, you know, a little bit later, and we'll talk about the rookies soon enough, but I have him slightly below that top tier of rookie quarterbacks in the 2021 class, and ceiling is the reason why. I'm glad. I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I'm in the same way. I mean, I have in that tier, I have it as Rodgers, I have Tannehill, Tua, Baker, and Fields, you know, and those are the kind of guys where it becomes a little bit you know, what's your, what's your, what are you looking to do? You know, I mean, if you're looking to win right now, Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill are going to give you top notch, top eight quarterback seasons year in and year out for the next two to three years, you know, top eight, top 12 range. And then Baker, you know, he came on pretty strong there towards the end. And then fields, let's start talking about fields now. I mean, let's look at the Niners made this aggressive trade. You know, they didn't trade up a spot or two. I mean, they traded up nine spots to get to the three. So we have to assume that it's obviously either going to be Fields, Lance, Wilson, one of these quarterbacks. Jeremy, I know you're starting to dip into the, the, the quarterback rankings and everything like that. I mean, Lawrence is going to go one. Almost every mock I see has Wilson going two. What are you thinking at three? I mean, it, they had to be going, being that aggressive to get a Justin Fields. I mean, in my opinion, Trey Lance looks good. But Justin Fields, I mean, we saw what he did in his pro day. He has the arm talent. I mean, who are you seeing here? San Francisco moving up to three and you know, what, what does this do to that guy's stock immediately? Yeah. I mean, my honest hope is Justin Fields. I think, I know I've seen some stuff on Twitter that they were kind of talking about Mac Jones because everybody got up in airs that Kyle Shanahan went to the Alabama pro day over Ohio state. 
But then I saw something a little later that said Fields' agent had mentioned to San Fran that they would see him throw again. So we might see that. Um, However, I really hope it's Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields there instantly, it just, he would be ahead of Tua, like Mung had said. I, I like Justin Fields. I mean, he's probably not my one. I know there's a lot of people on Twitter that are pushing that he should be QB one for fantasy, but I still think Lawrence is a better overall prospect, but fields does some really nice things. I mean, he's quick. You saw it in his 40 time. He has a big arm. He can make those off schedule throws and he's very accurate deep, which is nice Um, where Lawrence kind of struggles a little more. But I think I would prefer Fields over Lance on the basis that Lance still seems really raw. And I think San Francisco is still in that kind of win now-ish window because they still have a really decent defense and they still have those weapons with Kittle. who's not super old, but I mean, he's, he's getting up there. But it's a team that I would see being wanting to be more competitive sooner. And I think Fields is that route versus Lance. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were 1A, 1B. At one point, you know, then everybody moved into 102. Then we'd start talking about, you know, Wilson looks good and Lance and everybody starts jumbling it up and Najee Harris. I mean, all these different. Now we get back to Fields belongs in that 102 range. I mean, that's that's where he should go. Mark, I mean, being a Niners fan, you get him there. Let's start talking about how high Justin Fields has for potential. I mean, can we start talking about possibly debating what the 101 is? Man, that's t- I don't I don't think you can do that, but I think it's it's a lot closer than what you're thinking now. Like, just take Dak Prescott's situation. I know that Zeke, we don't have a running back capable like Zeke, but with with our offensive coordinator and the weapons that we have, Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. We have two really good wide receiver twos. Ayuk might be an alpha sometime in the near future, but we we have one of the best situations. A guy can come into in a I I would think a long time. I could be wrong in saying that, but and he fits the mold. Like he makes all the good throws. The only I really liked when he came in at the the Clemson game, I believe, where he got hit in in the ribs or something. He like fracked, I don't know what exactly he did. He cracked his ribs, but he really gutted his way through that. I I really like his toughness. I think he could be a special talent with the all, on the field stuff that he has and his off the field uh, characteristics that he has. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that if Fields goes to San Francisco, he obviously becomes the 102. The big thing here is the pass catchers. I mean, obviously all get a bump, right? I mean, from Jimmy Garoppolo, who could still start, I think everyone gets a bump. You know, I think I think Debo gets a bump. Ayuk gets a huge bump. I mean, we've all been wanting Kittle to get a legit quarterback to have him have that opportunity. Mung, let's say Lance or Wilson end up getting that. Are we saying whoever takes that San Francisco job, you know, let's, let's, let's flip it around a little bit and let's say fields goes to the jets. Now all of a sudden at three Wilson or Lance go to San Francisco. Where does that put them for you? You know, cause we have to, we have to play. I mean, we're early on in this and we have to at least play it out in our mind a little bit. Well, I'm in three or four drafts that happen the morning after, you know, the last day of the NFL draft. So sometimes our listeners have to, they have to act quick. Right. I mean, I was in, in, um, the UDPL two when the smash accept team, we actually drafted after day one of the NFL draft. So we had to be jumped on that. You got to start thinking about it a little bit ahead of time. Monk, let's play it out. Now fields goes to the jets. You know, we're not hearing that, but let's say that happens. And one of these other guys goes to San Francisco. Does that catapult them up? 
Yeah, I think whoever goes to San Francisco is going to be my 102 in Superflex rookie drafts at the very least, um, and potentially 101, because I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. I do think that there have been good arguments made that the level of competition is a question as well as consistency because we really only saw it this last season. But at the very same time, I think the argument is there also that he has the highest ceiling of any of these prospects. And there's really no such thing as a safe quarterback prospect. I think Lawrence is fairly bust-proof, but again, we just really don't know, right? Neither we fantasy analysts nor the NFL even has had a good track record of consistently predicting quarterback success translating from college to the pro level. So for me, I think the ceiling is there if Zach Wilson goes to San Francisco, that I would consider him at 101 over Trevor Lawrence. And if it's Justin Fields, Trey Lance, that's still a possibility. Um, I think they're at the very least the clear 102 in Superflex. I think the interesting situation there is is we had Trevor Lawrence all the way up here, and we were talking about ahead of time. I've seen people trade 102 plus two firsts to move up to 101. And the gap, which might have been as big as Michael Strahan's gap between his teeth, we all saw Michael Strahan's teeth are fixed now. He's got a little bit of veneers going. You know, I, I mean, that's that's a bizarre thing in, in its own realm. You know, we're so used to seeing that. But I think that gap has closed. I mean, I feel like we have a little bit of that going on. Um, speaking of something going on, fresh to the uh, Smashing Sep crew, making his debut, we're going to add Spence to the group. How you doing, Spence? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can't see you. It's a little dark, but we can oh, hear you. Oh, dang. Hold on. Let me get a light on for you. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, you're good, man. We just got that. That He's got that sweet voice. You know, he's ready to go. Um, so let's let's move on now. I mean, we've talked about what that hap- what that's going to look like for Tua, what it's going to look like for Jalen Hurts, and what it's going to look like for whoever goes to San Francisco. Recently, a mock draft came out from CBS. It came out today where their top eight, we're all skill position players, which is what we love to see in, in Dynasty, right? Like, we hate seeing a bunch of free safeties and offensive tackles. And, I mean, it's exciting for the NFL. But we're talking about top eight picks, all of them skill position players. So let's let's talk about each one. Obviously, we're not going to talk a lot about Trevor Lawrence because we've talked about him ad nauseum on the podcast. We know Trevor Lawrence is legit, you know, and, and he's, he's that generational talent. We hate using that word, but, I mean, everybody talks about it. So we're talking about at two, Wilson goes to the Jets. Now, Mung, you already talked about Wilson and his arm talent. I mean, that's undeniable. Some of the throws he's made in his pro day, some of the throws that we've seen him make. Um, Jeremy, talk to me a little bit about – I mean, is, is this a good situation? I mean, we don't want anybody necessarily going to the Jets, but is he the most ready to help turn around this offense? Yeah, I mean, I think for me that old antage of we don't want anybody going to the Jets is kind of – it was just an Adam Gase thing for me. I think that whoever lands here still is going to have an opportunity for success. I think Robert Sala came over, and he's bringing the younger brother there with the LaFleur brothers, and I think – that that offense is ready and primed. It's got a lot of talent. They added a lot of wide receivers. Um, LaMichael P. Ryan can still kind of get it done in the backfield, let alone whether they add one of these top running backs later on. And yeah, (laughs) but uh, I think they'll add a running back too. So I think you'll see one of these higher end running backs end up there this off season. But I like Wilson to the jets. I think that, no matter where Wilson goes, he's a little bit more, I'd say, in my opinion, he's a little more raw than Justin Fields. I think he tends to 
rely on his feet. He almost is a little quick out of the pocket sometimes, but his arm talent's unreal. I mean, his accuracy on the run, his accuracy from the pocket, his accuracy deep, short, everywhere. He just hits and he can put the ball where he wants, when he wants. And I think just going to the Jets, I don't, I mean, for me, he'd still be around. He's one between one, one and one, three, depending on where he falls. Like Mong had said in San Francisco, he might be definitely one, two, but if fields goes to San Francisco, he might be one, two and Wilson might be one, three, but I think either way, I like both of them to San Fran or to the Jets. As, as Bill's fans, we've seen everybody leave the Adam Gase system and then get their bump up. Right. So maybe Adam Gase leaving gives the bump up to the Jets offense all around. We talked about fields going to three to 49ers and then Atlanta gets Kyle Pitts at four. Now, Spence, I've seen you talk a little bit about Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts in Atlanta with Julio, with Ridley, with Matt Ryan. How excited would you be? Yeah, I think that would be pretty crazy. Not not expecting that to happen, but if it did, I would be pretty excited. Um, I'd have to dig into some of the analytics. I'm not sure. Hayden Hurst had a really good season, I believe, with, with Matt Ryan, but um i'd want to i'd want to look into that offense a little more see how how well they've they've developed tight ends in the past um but that's there's definitely much worse spots for him to go yeah people are super excited about kyle pitts i mean they today you know he had his pro day longest wig span in the nfl you know as all pass catchers pass surpassing dk metcalf runs a 40 i believe at 444 was a straight i mean at at as his size i could be wrong but i mean i think it's 65 240 flying down the field, a 6'4", 6'5", 240, running a 4'4". I mean, he is one of the most, if not the most, prolific tight end prospect we've seen. Mung, this is your guy. You love Kyle Pitts. You've been talking about him and taking him early. And I know when we had Angelo on here, it really opened my eyes when he was like, super flex or not, I'm still taking Kyle Pitts at 102. I'm not, I'm not in that realm. I don't play that way with my tight ends. But he has him as a Hall of Fame type talent. You know, there's a lot of situations you can go there, but Kyle Pitts goes at four. Where are we taking him in super flex drafts? Well, I don't think it's crazy to take him at two. Um, I personally would not grab him quite that high, but I understand the argument for it. Uh, for me, the two is definitely going to be in super flex, whoever San Francisco takes at number three. And then I would still take Jamar Chase over Kyle Pitts. To me, Chase is a locked-in, can't-miss prospect. Just the production profile plus the athleticism. Even you know, with the pro day numbers, I understand some of these numbers are probably inflated a little bit with the hand-timed times. But at the same time, I don't think that you can make the argument that Joe Burrow made Jamar Chase. I think that you know Chase was a big contributing factor to Burrow's success. And I'm not quite sure that Burrow would have the historic season that he did in 2019 without him. So I think 103 is the absolutely, the app, or excuse me, 104 would be the absolute highest that I would take Pitts. And I would consider uh, Zach Wilson ahead of him too. So in that 105, 106 range is where I would put Pitts in Superflex. Yeah, and I'm glad you talked about Jamar Chase because he's the next guy we wanted to talk about. Is Jamar Chase in this goes at at six or at five to the Bengals? I mean, if we get Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, and we know Joe Burrow's calling for it, right? He wants to reunite with Jamar Chase, and who wouldn't? I mean, Jamar Chase ran a four three eight. The guy is a fantastic talent, you know, and he's he's one of the best wide receivers to come out in years, in my opinion. A little bit, you know, I'm a little biased, but I have him super high in my rankings. 
Cincinnati should not listen to what Joe Burrow has to say as far as this. I mean, we're talking about a guy that just got injured, an elite-level quarterback. They should be taking Sewell. They should be taking someone to protect him, not that extra luxury wide receiver when we have T. Higgins for several years. We got Boyd under contract till 2023. Guys, I mean, it's it's something definitely worth debating here, but if if Jamar Chase goes to the Bengals – What are we doing with Joe Burrow? I mean, I saw we all had Joe Burrow in that same tier as we had him in that 8 to 10 range as far as Superflex rankings. Do we bump him up a little bit, adding Jamar Chase to that situation, or if they get the offensive lineman? Who's up? Oh, I'll go. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, like, I, I don't think I would bump him that much. I think I would keep him the same. I think his like a lot of talk comes out that's saying that he can't pass the ball down the field. Like his accuracy is like seventeen percent or something like that. And I think a lot that, of that. I mean, offensive line means everything. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, exactly yeah. what I was. Yeah. I I think that has a lot to do with how how he's getting protected. I mean, I I do love Jamar Chase, but like Sewell is a much better pick and a safer pick for Burrow and for the team. So I don't see why they would go wide receiver there. Talk staying on wide receivers. Miami at six, then takes Devonta Smith. Um, Spence, you know, we have so if you see Devonta Smith go to Miami and Jamar Chase go to the Bengals, how do you differentiate the two? I mean, there's been a lot of debate, a lot of analysts have Smith higher, I have Chase higher. Who do you have higher in this situation, and, and what do you like about it? Yeah, so I liked what Monk said. Um, to me, Chase is very foolproof, whereas Devonta Smith to me is not. So I'm taking Chase over Smith to, regardless of any landing spot. And I actually just prefer Burrow over to a, like, I don't think there's any way I don't like that. So um, Chase is just always going to be ahead of uh, Smith for me personally. Yeah, I mean, they definitely win in different ways. And we've had on several different analysts. We've had on Chad Parsons. We've had Ryan McDowell talked about it. Katie Flowers, they all talked about it. They win in different ways, obviously. Jamar Chase is a lot more physical. Devontae Smith does it at the line. And Devontae Smith kind of needs a little bit better of a situation where we almost feel like, you know, in this Jamar Chase is landing proof. Um, Man, Jeremy just from P2W just said Jeremy is the 101 of up-and-coming follows. You know, P2W had some big announcements going on. So you guys want to go over and check them out. You know, we've all kind of seen their podcast. I've been on their podcast. Great guys over there. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, if you guys aren't following Jeremy, you should be. Um, So that kind of leads us into the seventh pick. And the seventh pick in this particular situation is falling off my screen. Anybody? (laughs) I'll definitely be cutting that part out. No, our seventh is is Jalen Waddle to the Lions. And this one was very surprising. I have not seen him this high yet. Um, but the Lions are definitely going to be needing a wide receiver. Kenny Galladay's left. Marvin Jones is left. You know, we got to figure out a situation. Nope. Kenny Galladay hasn't left. Let's start over. We're going to cut out this whole section. No. All right. <laughs> Been a long week. All right. But the Lions have a different situation here. Jalen Waddle to the Lions. Mung, do you like this situation here? And, and does that move him up your rankings? Uh, no, I mean, I would hate it with Jared Goff. I think that's uh, an awful landing spot for Jalen Waddle, but I actually have Waddle as my rookie wide receiver too. And I think long-term Goff is not the, the Lions plan at quarterback. I think, you know, they dumped Stafford for the picks. 
Uh, Goff was a, we'll see if he can be a reclamation project. And at worst, you know, he'll be somebody that we can throw under center for 2021. So I do think that the Lions are going to make a move for a quarterback in 2022. So I would not drop Waddle, uh, but obviously it would not be great for his rookie season if you're contending. Yeah, I mean, that Lions team is not going to win a lot of games. You know, I feel like there might be some some opportunities for him to grow. He's going to get a lot of targets in that situation, but you definitely don't love that situation the whole way across here. Jeremy, talk, you've been running through this rookie class quite a lot. I mean, do you like Jalen Waddle? And what about this situation here? Yeah, I mean, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I think I'm not as high as Mung is on him, but I think that he's very explosive. And for me, honestly, if he lands in Detroit, it's not – it's not terrible. I think a lot of his, he's a complete receiver who can run routes very well, but he did have a lot of success at Alabama in necessarily a role that would kind of suit like say Cooper cup was. And if they used them in that essence to almost be that kind of Cooper cup role in this offense where golf is kind of used to that, I could see him possibly having a decent season, but I just see that as a contender for most of these receivers as outside of Jamar Chase, I don't think that they're going to be too useful to you. I'm not expecting there to really be a Justin Jefferson, a CD lamb um, out of this class. I think possibly there's there, but they're not as foolproof. We'll say as like those guys last year, I'm not expecting 2021 to have three of these guys in the top 24. I think you'll get Jamar Chase there. I personally like Bateman, but it depends where he falls. But I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's the best landing spot for Jalen Waddle, like Mong had said. Totally agree. And then unprecedented eighth skill position play in a row. A guy who I'm moving up my boards like crazy is Trey Lance. We got Trey Lance goes to Carolina. Carolina's got some nice weapons. He has some time where he can he can build a little bit, right? I mean, Teddy's still going to have the job, and he can – he can groom. I mean, we've all talked about Lance having arguably one of the top upsides in this class as a quarterback, but the, the range of outcomes is definitely there. Um, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. I know, you know, I was talking to John off the air quite a bit about Trey Lance. We were really gushing because San Francisco's rumored to take him, you know, and that's something that is in the range of outcomes. But every time I watch Trey Lance tape, I, I'm loving it. You know, I, there's so much more to like about it. Great arm talent. You know, he he can move. He's a good running quarterback. But there's definitely some things to be a little bit skeptical again. Jeremy, we're going we're gonna to hit you again here with this. I mean, I've seen some things where it's a little bit more raw and it's going to take some time. And, you know, you and I talk a lot about Josh Allen and it's, it took him some time to really adjust to things. I mean, Trey Lance is a similar type guy who might fall in super flex drafts because people see some of those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I think where his value is going to be in Superflex, I mean, he's late first round right now, at least in the mocks that I've done. And I think that's good value, but I agree exactly what you said. I mean, undeniably, he has some of the best arm talent. The tough thing is, is that this class is full of them. I mean, you look at Justin Fields has almost the same arm talent. Zach Wilson has almost the same arm talent. And I think even Kellen Mond has like the same type of arm talent as far as like this big arm that's strong he can throw with velocity the thing that worries me is that for example i was watching some today actually and he seems he's very flat-footed in the pocket he kind of just stops and stands there he doesn't really stay on his toes and he kind of just he favors the run and i don't know if that's just because he was playing in north dakota state and they didn't really have any weapons that are there 
or if it's purely that that's just his style. You know what I mean? He's a big guy. He's physical and something that's going to hurt him. I think at the next level too, is that he doesn't really, he takes on that contact and uh, FCS linebacker compared to an NFL linebacker. He's going to learn real quick that he's probably not going to be able to do that, even though he is a bigger guy, but I think he's definitely a developmental project. And in Carolina, it's not terrible. I think you won't see him year one in that case. Like you had mentioned that Bridgewater will probably start and play most of the year, if not all of it. And I think somewhere like that might be the best situation. And even in San Francisco, I don't know if he would start this year in San Fran, but if they say start Garoppolo and let him sit, he could be a very good situation there in 2022. Totally agree. We got a comment here from Troy King, T King mode. He's, he's tearing up Twitter as well. He says Waddles his wide receiver number three. We're actually talking to Troy. He's going to be coming on the show here fairly soon. So excited about that. We got some great guests coming on, you know, and we got our boy Dave Kluge coming on next week. Now we got mandatory Mac Jones talk. I mean, Mung needs to have a little bit of Mac Jones. Mac Jones in this mock goes at 15 to the Patriots. No, they, there's, they showed Bill Belichick shaking his head on the side a little bit. Like that's not going to make him take it, but Mac Jones to the Patriots. I mean, a lot of people have, have made minor comparisons to Tom Brady as far as leadership and some of those things. Mung, we get Mac Jones to the Patriots. Where do we move him in? I mean, a lot of people have him late first. How far up are you willing to move him if that happens? Oh, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know if my heart could take it. It would be, I would be extremely happy if that happens. To me, I, I think people are really knocking the Patriots after one down year where their starting quarterback had COVID. And to me, it's kind of crazy that we're willing to write off Belichick as a product of Tom Brady after decades of just dominating the AFC. Uh, to me, I would have Mac Jones probably at the 107, I would say, right behind Pitts. Um, I would want him... Very high in Superflex, definitely a first-round pick. I've been, I've seen him go in the second round in some mocks right now, uh, and I don't think that he's going to be dropping to the second round of Superflex rookie drafts if that happens. Um, all the offseason moves that the Patriots have made basically are them saying that we're expecting to have a rookie quarterback pretty soon on a cheap deal. That's how we're going to afford all these guys that we just signed. Their offensive line's great. I don't see any knock on Jones if he goes to New England. That's fantastic. Before we get to our own Superflex rankings here, um, John put out there a, a Twitter Superflex rookie mock draft. And all we just did was he put on there, you know, Trevor Lawrence 101, then he tagged me. So I wrote, you know, before we find out, this was before the San Francisco trade. Before we find out who's going there, I'm, I have Najee Harris at 102. Just to kind of give you guys an idea, I tagged Angelo from, from our podcast two weeks ago. He took Kyle Pitts at three. He tagged Mike Me Up, another great guy in the fantasy community. He took Justin Fields. At Chaboy Rich takes Trey Lance. T King Mode took Zach Wilson. Dave Kluge took Jamar Chase at seven. Uh, Ray GQ took Devontae Smith at eight. Uh, Carpenter at at Carpenter NFL takes Etienne at nine, still Ryan five, Bateman at ten, Javante Williams goes eleven to we got here Jay Larky tweets, and then one twelve at JM JM Thrive PT takes Rondale Moore at twelve. Out of that group, what jumps out at you guys? I mean, whether it's as far as you know, we might have said that it was a top seven, you know, 
push heavy. This first round looks really exciting. You know, I mean, every year I feel like we start to say it's it's going to be really top heavy. But I mean, one through 12, I think you're going to be happy with where you're at here. I mean, Spence, any of those guys pick out to you that it's way too early or any overall takes from that? Yeah, I think, I mean, Justin Fields at 104 is obviously a little like so, some good value there. But uh, I think also uh, 111, Javante Williams is just insane. I think getting like, I mean, I think that top three, I, you can't be mad at taking any of them. So to be able to get one like at 111, and that just shows that you might be able to get them later in your in your own leagues. Uh, that's just going to be insane value this year, I think. So I'm really excited for my early seconds uh, this year going forward because you still got guys, tons of guys on the board, even after those 12 guys you just mentioned. Yeah, and we're going to talk about those guys. I mean, Javante Williams, a lot of some analysts have him as their top running back. I mean, I know we had on um, we had Garrett Price. You know, Jeremy says that's his top running back. I mean, you have to assume if he gets day two draft capital, he's going to shoot up this board. And with all these quarterbacks moving their way in, I mean, that one through nine, one through t- one through ten is is just tasty. I mean, it is fantastic, and it's going to be hard to get in there. And Mung and I have been saying it to you guys all year. Don't trade these picks until you're on the clock. I mean, don't be moving these picks now because they're only increasing in value. Every single one of them has increased since January. Every single one of them will continue to increase until draft day. Mark, who jumps out to you? I mean, we have we have Etienne going at nine, and we have you know Williams going at eleven. Rondale Moore is everybody's favorite going at twelve, and some of these quarterbacks. I mean, we talk see Zach Wilson if he goes second in the draft, he falls all the way to six. Yeah, you're you're not going to get a quarterback cheaper than a rookie draft, but the one that really sticks out to me is 107 Jamar Chase. I mean, he he could be next year we could be looking back at a top 5, top 10 wide receiver and you're getting him at 107. That's that's crazy value, I think. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about that as soon as I saw this. I saw Dave Kluge take him at 107, and he said that. I would go, I'm trying to get to seven in my rookie drafts because if Jamar Chase has fallen to seven, we're talking about a guy with top five to ten dynasty wide receiver potential falling into that area. Mung, anything else from this jump out to you as, like, screaming value? Well, I think we've discussed this on the show before, and it's that the late firsts and the early seconds are really valuable in this class. Uh, I won't go over them too much because we already talked about them, but Mac Jones and Jalen Waddell, two of my guys, fell out of the first round. So I would be willing to trade up there into the early second to get them. Uh, Another guy we haven't really talked about, Terrace Marshall, he's falling to the early mid-second round in a lot of these drafts. I think the ceiling's pretty high for him. And overall, I just think there's a lot of value in trading down from the first this year more than any others because, to me, I don't see a huge gap between guys like Mac Jones and Trey Lance who might go later beyond um, from that Fields and Zach Wilson range. So if you can get a, you know, a future first or a second-round pick even to drop from Wilson to a Mac Jones or Trey Lance, that's a move that I would definitely consider without knowing the landing spots right now. Yeah, I mean, let's look at the second round a little bit in this draft. I mean, at Jared Wackerl, Wackerly FF, he takes Mac Jones at 201. Then Dynasty Rich from Dynasty Nerds gets Elijah Moore. Jalen Waddle goes to FF Marvin E at 203. I mean, these Jalen Waddle at 203 is just exciting. I mean, Brown goes to Jarek Backus at 204. At Cooper underscore DFF goes gets Tylen Wallace at 205. I know so many guys love Tylen Wallace. I mean, we're looking at then, you know, I'm not going to stop 
I mean, Debbie Kane's on here, FF Travis May. I mean, these are some big time guys, people's champs, and they're taking, you know, we get St. Brown, Marshall at 207, Gainwell 208, Jefferson 209, Tony 210, 211, Carter 212, Hill. I mean, this is exciting. Those second round picks, it happens every year, right? The first round picks just keep getting value. The seconds are still obtainable. I mean, out of this second round, Pope, who's who's some of these guys that like are just jumping out to you? That second round is still obtainable. You can still get in there. I'm seeing people trade, you know, a 22 second and like the 305 to get into that mid second range. That's something I'm doing all day to get some of this talent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think looking forward, 22 is definitely weaker, and I am saying that knowing that. <laughs> like, yeah. I think this it's year, this heavy. class, yeah, the, yeah, 22, I think the running backs are better in general. Absolutely. Just yeah. the top ones are better. Then it kind of ta- tanks off again. But this second round, I mean, Kylan Hill at 212, I think, is nuts. Personally, I like Kylan Hill a lot. So for me, that's crazy. Terrace Marshall at 27 is absurd, especially for I think he's going to rise. I mean, the guy just ran a 4-4. And I think depending on where he gets drafted, I think that's going to be an early second type guy. But still in the second round, that's crazy. I mean, like you had said, Tylen Wallace, a lot of people are high on him. And even Mac Jones, honestly, falling that far is pretty crazy. And this is the year to get quarterbacks though. So, and that's where I think you're going to see a lot of these talent fall to that second round because next year, the quarterbacks aren't that good either. You know, it's another top heavy type situation. And this year would be the year. If you have a first round pick or a late first, and you need to move up to get a quarterback for your dynasty super flex team, this is the year to do it. And I think that's just going to push talent back. I mean, getting Jamar chase at one seven would be nuts. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. There's just going to be a ton of value, like you guys had said, in, two, in that second round. So no matter what draft you're in. And if you guys haven't heard our, our 2022 Debbie with, with FF Skyler 390, or 360, I mean, Katie Flowers nailed it, right? She, she was giving us some information. She was telling us who's coming out in 2022. And sometimes when you're building your dynasty teams, you need to know what that looks like. I mean, there's two or three running backs in that class that are going to be phenomenal. But as Pope said, I mean, the quarterback class is not going to be anywhere near the same. So if you need to get a quarterback, you need to trade up and get them in this draft. The next part of our segment, and we're going to make this, you know, 10, about 10 minutes here, was we're going to talk a little bit about right now the top 20 dynasty super flex rankings as far as where they are and where we should insert some of these quarterbacks, these rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going to go based off of mine. And then I know Mung, you have your rankings, Jeremy, Mark Spence chime in whenever we want. But right now, I mean, obviously I have Patrick Mahomes in a tier by himself, but I have Josh Allen's tier. I have both those guys in tiers by themselves, but I feel like the gap, just like Michael Strahan's teeth has gotten smaller. And, you know, there, there's an argument there. I wouldn't take Josh Allen above him, but, there's an argument where they are both, you know, one A, one B, and they're they're getting a lot closer. But let's let's focus in on that next tier. You know, it, it's the however you want to have it. Your know, rankings are subjective, but tiers show you where to get in. So this next tier I have from three to seven is Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about that in a minute. Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. Now, how do you guys break up this tier a little bit? Who's who's your favorite? Who's the guy that you're moving back? And where do you like to navigate into that? We'll start with you, Mark. I mean, who is your three? Who's that guy out of that group? Kyler, Herbert, Watson, Dak, and Lamar that you really want to move into the drafts for? Yeah, I think it kind of still stays the same. I don't know if Kyler Murray is everyone's three, but that he's still three for me. He's His upside is, is crazy. Then after that, I have Dak. His situation is a lot more safe. And then I have Watson. 
then I have Lamar, and then I have Justin Herbert. Yeah, Justin just, Herbert might be a little bit low, but I the other guys are just so safe besides, obviously, the Watson situation. And this is why we talk about it when we, we've done multiple drafts. You and I did a draft before the Smash Accept League where I got Dak Prescott as the eighth quarterback off the board. I mean, that's that's like stealing when you're talking about super flex in the mid-second. We've seen in all of our drafts that all of these guys are going in the first round. Um, Spence, who's your guy out of that group? You know, Kyler, Herbert, Watson, Dak, and Lamar. Who's that guy you got to have? And who's that guy? At this Is there anybody you're moving out of this group? Uh, yeah, actually, I love that you asked that question because I'm moving Lamar out of that group. Uh, he's in the tier right below for me. Um, I thought I thought like his MVP season was insane, and then he kind of came down to earth, and I think that's where he's going to sit. Uh, unless you're in like a um, six point rushing and four point passing, like I'm not as high on him as the other guys. Um, but my guy out of that group is Herbert. Um, he's a cornerstone kind of guy. So young, so talented. Just going to keep getting better. So I'm really excited for Herbert and. He seems just as safe to me as a guy like Allen. Like I'm not, like you said, I'm not super sold on Allen being right in that tier with Patrick Mahomes. Um, but Herbert is like in that somewhat safe tier with with Allen. You know what I mean? Yeah, what Herbert did his rookie year was fantastic, and and I could definitely be swayed on that with Lamar Jackson. I see almost a potential there where I saw Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence in that same area where I'm seeing a lot of people have them back to back. If you guys are in a startup right now, you know, I mean. Is that that same range we're putting Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Mung, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or would you rather have Trevor Lawrence when we're talking about this is the area? So we're saying Mahomes and Allen are gone and then Kyler, Herbert, Watson and Dak. We'll talk. Let's leave Watson and pretend nothing happened. But let's go with Lamar or Trevor Lawrence. Who are we going with here? Yeah, it, it kind of depends. Uh, it depends on your league, how much trade activity there is, because I think that right now in a lot of leagues, you can probably sell the 101 or Lawrence for more than you could for Lamar Jackson right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, you're in, if you're in a startup and that's your thought based on you know the other GMs in your league that you know, then I would take Lawrence. Uh, but for me, we've seen enough from Lamar Jackson, uh, whether or not you like him much as a passer, that his rushing production is going to be there. And I do think that he is the safer prospect at this point. But again, it depends on the trade value that you can get for the 101. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect right now. I mean, we talked about if you're in a league with Angelo and he wants Kyle Pitts at 102, to me, I can buy any tight end in the league. I mean, you could get Kittle for the 102, you know, and know what you're getting. But I mean, I love I love just debating this, and that's for another episode. Is there anybody here in that first group Pope, I keep calling you Pope, but Jeremy, I mean, would you be willing to move Trevor Lawrence above anyone else in that group? And do you have him above Lamar Jackson? I'm going to say no. Um, Maybe Herbert, honestly. I'm not as high necessarily, I guess I'd say, on Herbert. I like Herbert, don't get me wrong. But I think I'm one of those people that I want to see it, especially for quarterbacks. I mean, we saw it last year, but we've seen, look at Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Two years ago, we were MVP. He's the first 1-1, you know what I mean? And then now this year, you're getting him for the 1-5. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like jumping Herbert that high this quick is a little premature for me. Um, However, I understand why. Um, But I would personally leave Lamar Jackson where you had it. I like I like your group there. I think that 
possibly, like I said, I might bump Herbert to the end of that group instead of being so high. And Lawrence would be closer to Herbert than the rest of those guys. I know the next tier we have, you know, I had Trevor Lawrence in that next tier. Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, and if Fields goes there, possibly into that group. But Trevor Lawrence, Burrow, Russell Wilson. I mean, I know you you draft Burrow, you love Burrow, you know, and you've seen him. Any any debates on that situation there as far as would we bump Fields above any of those guys if he goes to San Francisco? Would you bump him above Wilson or Burrow? I feel like that's a stretch. Well, first off, I think Burrow belongs in that second tier. Uh, for me, regardless of whether it's a premier offensive lineman or Jamar Chase at number five, that's going to make Burrow's stock just skyrocket. Either either one of those is great for him. And, you know, that's the reason I actually have Dak Prescott in that second range as the number three because of the fact that he has the offensive line and he has Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. If you give Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, I mean, the sky's the limit for Burrow there. Personally, I think I have him in that second tier. As for the third tier, I think that Ryan Tannehill belongs there as well. I personally have him one spot above Russell Wilson. I think there are enough fears about Wilson. One, with Pete Carroll talking about wanting to become even more run-heavy. And two, with the potential that he gets traded somewhere that we just simply don't know at this point that I think there's enough risk there that he goes to the bottom of that tier for me. And I think the reason for pointing this out is, is some of the things like Spence and I are very high on Herbert. You know, we both have him in that three, four range. Burrow was above Herbert last year. Jeremy says he's not wild on, on Herbert where he can trade, you know, he can trade Herbert for Joe Burrow plus. And this is the time of year where you can do those things. You're bigger on Tannehill than Russell Wilson. I believe you can get Ryan Tannehill plus for Russell Wilson if you have him. Make some of those moves now. You know, make some of those moves before the draft happens and really upgrade yourself. I mean, I, I'm huge on Kyler Murray, but last year a guy offered me Russell Wilson and what I knew was going to be the 101 or the 102 for Kyler Murray. It turned out to be the 102. So I'm going to get Fields and Russell Wilson for Kyler Murray. You know, like there's some of these, now's the time to make some of those moves. It's time, if you believe in these things and you listen to these tiers and you're like, Hey, I got Lamar Jackson, but I'm not wild about him, but I would love to get this player plus. So make some of those moves. So in this next tier is where we have Rogers fields Tua, Baker and Tannehill. Who's your guy out of that group? You know, Mung said Tannehill for sure. I mean, today I heard news out of Green Bay from local radio that said there's a 40% chance on the the their bet taking that Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay, which would just blow my mind at this point in the season. Just wanted to get that out there. But who's your guy out of this group? You know, you're in a draft where you got Rodgers, Fields, Tua, Baker, Tannehill. Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you first. Who's that guy you want to have? I think it depends on how you construct your team. I'm I'm going to go with Mung and say Tannehill is definitely my guy if I'm a contender. I, I think you're getting two or three years of equal like production that they got last year. But then if you're rebuilding, I really like Justin Fields. I think he can keep climbing with that offense that he's going to. I mean, he could really jump up to that next year pretty quickly. Since we talked about Ryan Tannehill, I have to just remember, remind everybody, all the listeners, that I love A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is going to get peppered this year, all right? He is going to really ascend in value. Get him now. Um, Spence, since you're new to the pod, you know, like, who's your guy here? I mean, we got Rodgers, Fields, Tua, Baker, Tannehill. Anybody you want to move out of that group or anybody that sticks out to you as a clear favorite? 
Um, no, I really like the group actually, but I would add one. Um, I have Hertz in there just above Baker. Yep, um, I had him as the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw I had kind of a, a tweet that went a little too viral. Um, it was Hertz over over Tua and like NFL Twitter caught on to it and it got nasty in the replies, but I really believe in that for Dynasty. I think he's over Baker and Tua. He's He's so good. He's going to be so good this year. I don't think he's not going to start, especially with the Eagles moving down. Um, so I'm really excited for him this year. And I think he could easily prove it and and just be better than Baker and Tua as far as their careers go. Yeah, and I love that you took you took a stance on that for sure. And you mentioned Twitter. I mean, Spence is new to the Smash Accept crew, but why don't you tell everybody what your handle is so they can start following you guys? Make sure you hit him up. You know, he's been in the crew. A lot of, a lot of great talk here, probably for about a month. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, I came into this in January, so still fresh, still learning. But uh, I, I stake my claim my first day here on Twitter as JTRB1 for Dynasty, and I'm sticking to that, and that's my Twitter handle still. Christian McCaffrey does listen to this podcast, so he may come on here and debate you a little bit. But, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get to there when we get that. So the next tier we're going to talk about, and, and Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, who Mung is going to say this is complete blasphemy to have him this low. Carson Wentz, who, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a believer in Carson Wentz. Jared Goff, I just put him in there so you guys could all kind of make fun of me. And then I think this is the tier where we start to talk about Trey Lance and Zach Wilson being in this particular area. Jeremy, who jumps out to you? And do you believe that these quarterbacks, these rookies belong right in here? So what number are we at? Sorry, like where are you? We're at, we're at 15, 15 Hertz, 16 Stafford, 17 Wentz, 18 Goff. And then the tier below this, we have Cousins 19, Daniel Jones 20, Brady 21. So are we putting Lance and Wilson above Cousins, Daniel Jones? Are we putting them in that same category as Hertz, Stafford, Wentz? Wilson, I'll say we'll put there. Lance, I honestly might put behind them. I just think Lance is still so raw. I mean, he would be maybe in that tier, but at the back of the end of it. Um, but I agree with what you said, what Mung would say. I think Stafford should be possibly one tier up. Um, Stafford hurt me, right? If you guys yeah. remember from Dynasty Refinery to when we switched here, I've been doing nothing but yelling about how great I thought Matthew Stafford was going to be. You know, we I, talked about he was the QB2 in a limited sample size and everything was going to go right. And obviously Galladay getting hurt and the fact that he plays for the Lions <laughs> – now, now he gets a shot, and I'm like, I, he's my most owned, you know, super flex quarterback. I have no, well, actually, it's Josh Allen now. I'm almost like 100% ownership of Josh Allen. But congratulations. Second, yeah, seriously. I mean, it, you guys got to listen to the Smash Except one and two listener leagues. You guys let me have him in both of them. I mean, you should, should both feel bad about that. You know, like, well, you wanted a King Ransom for the pick. Otherwise, I would have taken him. And I ended up with Joe Burrow. I mean, talk about it. Talk about like a, drop off there i mean nothing against joe burrow but <laughs> at the moment it doesn't look good all right so mark if you are you're you're in this area and you got to choose between jalen hurts matthew stafford carson wentz or one of the rookies what are you doing here i do like what you guys are saying with stafford but my guys is carson wentz uh he's still 28 i mean i what he can do with frank reich i i think that you could see at least a couple more years of top 12 production I mean, his weapons keep getting better. He's not going to have to throw as much. He can just hand it off with the Jonathan Taylor. I really like his situation. He's the guy I would be searching for in this range. All right, yeah, I'm Mark. really curious, oh, Mark. Sorry, I'm really curious, Mark. Uh, 
Do you think uh, this year Wentz will outscore Hurts, or or just for dynasty purposes, see, you like Wentz long term? See, like, I, see, I'm so torn on Hurts. I I don't know, like, for this year, I think he could really like he could be almost borderline top five with his rushing. Yeah, but but for long term, I I still like Carson Wentz. I don't know if that necessarily answered your question, but. Hurts is kind Carson of long term safer, right? I mean, he feels oh, safer. Yeah. Where Jalen Hurts' ceiling is 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 that's, phenomenal, you know. That's and, and sorry, that's that's the tricky part there for sure. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like long term, if you said long term, Hurts is the quarter. Hurts is the quarterback. All right, I'm right there with you. But I don't I don't know if you can guarantee that at the moment. No, you definitely I, can't. I'm just curious because I mean, how much shorter is the leash on Hurts than a guy like Tua? You know, so for me. I'm looking at I'm looking at Wentz versus Hurts like, you know what I mean. The ceiling is so much higher, and I don't think the floor is that much lower either. Because Wentz is on a shortish, pretty short leash too. I would say. I mean, he got paid pretty well, but he's no guarantee to be to be a starter, you know, in two years. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Same as Hurts. He, he has a quick leash. I mean, he'll be he'll be done from the league if he doesn't really make it pan if he doesn't pan out. Well, Mung, you've been talking about this for a while. I mean, we talked about Tua, we talked about Hurts, and and Wentz still goes in that. None of them are guaranteed starting jobs next year. But, I mean, if you got to – I'm going to let you talk about Stafford, but let's talk a little bit here about this situation. I mean, who do you see, if you had to pick between those guys, who has the longest longevity when it comes to Dynasty? Well, before we get into any of that, I, I think i got to push out my doctor's appointment from next month because I think my hearing's going. Did you say Jared Goff is in this tier? <laughs> I just threw him in there for a little bit of fun. Come on I, now. <laughs> I've got Goff maybe like two, three tiers below. I, I don't think he's long for the league as a starter. So if if you can get any of these guys for Jared Goff, I would, you know, I'd everybody, smash except that. Everybody hates Jared Goff. I just threw him in there for a little bit of fun. It's been a long week. All right. You know, in the beginning, we said it's episode 40. Soon I'm going to be 40. I'm starting to lose it a little bit, you know. Fair enough. Um, but going back to what you guys were talking about, I think there's an argument for – Wentz or Hurst. Um, you know, I said it towards the beginning of the show that I have Wentz, Tua, and Hurts all in the same tier because either of those three could potentially get benched if they don't show a, a strong performance in 2021. So for me, I lean Wentz slightly just because he's back with Frank Reich, which is where he had the most success earlier in his career. And also, I do prefer the offensive line and the weapons in Indianapolis over what Jalen Hurts has to work with right now. But at the same time, I understand the argument that Hurts' rushing production could easily make him a top five or even give him eventually, you know, a Lamar Jackson MVP type of season. So to me, that's one of those situations where if you're saying I'll give you Hurts in a second for Wentz, I'll take that. And if you're saying I'll give you Wentz in a second for Hurts, I'll take that also. Yeah, if you're taking anything from this segment, I mean, talk about these tiers, talk about moving around. We're going to start getting back into trades now. You know, we talked a lot about rookies. We're going to start getting into, you know, our bread and butter here, and that's Smash Accept Trades. Uh, Mung said people might not have a job come 2022. This Smash Accept crew all does because these are fantastic guys. Love chopping it up with you guys. Why don't we'll go around the room here, talk about, you know, what you have going on, what your handle is, and that way we can promote everything that, you know, you guys are working on. So we'll start with you, Mark. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Dynasty Lefty. Uh, just just on Twitter, just looking out the rookie rankings and stuff like that, just checking things out, doing doing trades and that sort of stuff. Just yeah, just doing that stuff. 
He's doing his thing. Mung, we know your fan tracks is blowing up like crazy. You got a lot of stuff coming out right now. Yeah, like I said, uh, you guys can hear all my thoughts about Deshaun Watson. I have an article out about him over at Fantrax. Uh, the rookie rankings will be coming out soon, pre-draft. A lot of stuff dropping. And, of course, on Twitter, you can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And, Jeremy, I mean, like I'm throwing it up there again. P2W says you're the 101 of up-and-coming follows. Man's, yeah, he's man's putting the pressure on. I know, the 101. <laughs> like, no, it's hard being, having the 101. You don't want to yeah, mess I'd rather up. be like 1-5, you know. I'd rather <laughs> come in under the radar here. 1-1, one, one, geez. But, yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Um, you can find some of my articles. I'm actually writing at Yards Per. Um, I do some rookie rankings over there as well. I also just joined um, at the Gambling Podcast Network. Um, I'm writing on their website. I've got three Debbie articles out over there at the moment. Um, we're going to be shifting to some rookie stuff coming up this this month as the draft uh, comes closer. So other than that, you can ever hit me up on Twitter with any questions. Feel free. The DMs are open. Yeah, some of the hardest working guys there. I know you and Mung are blowing up Twitter. Spence. Thank you so much for joining us, you know, for your first time on the podcast. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and anything you're working on right now? Yeah, like I said earlier, JTRB1, I'm going to keep it as long as I can, uh, feasibly. And then I'm over at Yards Per with Jeremy, too. I'm probably going to dip into the rankings soon. And I've been doing some articles, uh, working on some Dynasty startup articles. Like I'm going over startups that I've done and breaking down the trades that I make and why that I'm making the selections I'm making and hoping that people take something away from it. So it's really fun right now writing it all out and explaining my process because the draft, I think, is the funnest part of, of this whole game to me. So I, I do too many of them, you know what I mean? That's why this time of year we just can't get enough startup drafts. People say startup. I was like, ah, no more. And then I just... I've done four of them already, so I gotta I gotta scale it back a little bit. Thanks again for tuning into the Smash Accept podcast and enjoy the process.